Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking life of freedom, choice, and abundance. My name is Goose, and on today's show, we were joined by Nick Chia. Now, Nick is a 27-year-old investor who's just bought his first investment property, but we talk about all kinds of things in this episode, which I really, really loved. We talked about how his mindset has shifted from trying to own a home to build to actually now building a scalable, profitable property portfolio so that he can live the life that he wants rather than just focusing on trying to get the principal place of residence first, which is a great lesson for a lot of people, particularly younger investors. We talked about how millennials often feel like they need to chase risk versus safety with um, you know, crypto versus property. So that's a really great discussion that we had there. And we talk about how he achieved over 60% return on investor capital in just four months using through his investment property. So there's a lot to unpack here in a very short but impactful episode. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm confident you will too. So without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. And I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me on today's show is Nick Chia. Nick is a millennial investor who's recently had a big mindset shift, which I'm excited to get stuck into and find out a lot more about that. But before we do, Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Goose. Good to be here. Very excited to be here, mate. You're very excited to be here. Why are you excited to be here? Uh, just been listening to the podcast, past and present, and just keen to get in here and be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Well, before we get stuck into it, it'd be great to like give some of the listeners a bit of a background on you and to your story. So why don't you kind of give us the, give us the cliff notes version? Like where did you, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your background and, and that'll help us build a picture to understand how you got to where you are today. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I grew up in a pretty big family, uh, five kids. So two brothers, two sisters in the Southeast suburbs of Victoria. I'm a bit of a mix. So my mum's full Italian. My dad's uh, half Chinese, Portuguese. So growing up was very interesting. Uh, household was very full, lots of in-house fighting, but we're all very close, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess a bit more about myself. Uh, I'm 27. I work as a RF engineer. So like a quick lay down of that is uh, what my company does is say you go inside of a tunnel like Eastlink or one of the tunnels in Sydney. Uh, you wouldn't actually get like normal AM, FM radio, but we rebroadcast those signals throughout the tunnel so you can still stay connected to Triple J or whatever you whatever you fancy. So that's what we do. Awesome. And so that's is that the same technology that allows you to t- the, the who have like to take over the radio whilst you're in the car that's as well? Correct. Yeah, that's another part of it. Because I've driven, I've driven because I've driven through the tunnels, and then all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you get the voiceover, and it's like, ah, where yeah. have you come from? You're hacking. Yeah, that's exactly it. The break-in audio. <laughs> nice, nice. So, okay, so you're 27 and you live in Melbourne, yep. right? And you're an RF engineer. When did you when did you first start getting uh, interested in investing in property? Uh, so, I've always kind of been interested in property once I left high school. It's always something that I've looked into. Um, but back then, and not... Well, the funny thing about this is that I always thought that property for me was always going to be like buying my principal place. Uh, and kind of just working towards Dang. that, buying principal place, kind of like what my parents did. And then just like, you know, paying that off that mortgage and then you could look into it as something else. But yeah, things have definitely changed in the last, last year or so. And so what changed for you to change that perspective? Because that's a pretty normal perspective to say. I'd say a couple of things. Like most people don't really think about investing. They just think one day, am I going to end up owning my own home? 
But then also most 27-year-olds are probably thinking, I'm just never going to buy a house full stop. I've already been, I'm priced out of the market. It's never going to be attainable for me. All properties are a million bucks. It's out of it's out of reach. So talk to me about your mindset around that. And you said you got you said you started getting interested in property in high school. So what made you start thinking that property was going to be on your agenda versus loads of other people who just might not? All right. So I think for me, like as I finished high school, straight into uni, and that was kind of my main focus. And I did a double degree with business as well. So we we're doing a lot of learning about stocks and like cryptos was starting to get into the big scene as well. And both those things kind of I wasn't too interested in it. So like following it, like, you know, looking at the numbers, constantly having a gaze, which is pretty much what you got to do for that stuff. Uh, it just wasn't yes. me. Property, however, I felt like in the early days, like where my main switch happened was in the early days, I kind of like most of my property information came from just normal news, which is not, not the way to go. Uh, because I yeah. swear, I don't think one time in my life, I remember seeing on the news, them saying, it's a good time to buy property. No, it's always a horrible time. <laughs> property market's going down. Um, I swear it's never changed. And they, they just keep saying it. And eventually, like, I don't know, kind of just wisen up a little and just realize like, I'm going to do a little bit more digging myself. And, you know, if you just look at the historical numbers, you just see that like, oh gosh, I wish I, I wish I looked into this a fair bit earlier. But yeah, that's so interesting. It's so interesting that you kind of worked that out and you kind of like so, kind of saw through that because it's true. It's either there's kind of only two speeds with the with the property narrative. Uh, well, to be fair, there's probably three, right? So there's there's the property market is crashing, or the property market is unaffordable, and every now and then they'll throw in a boom, right? Just get yeah. everyone excited, and then they'll say it's crashing again, just to kind of so. But it's but it's always this kind of like sensationalized uh, yeah. kind of things. It's pretty cool that you kind of started to see through that. I want to kind of go back to the, you, you were talking about crypto and stuff like that. And I, I've spoken to a few younger, younger than me. I mean, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm not exactly old, but like people in their twenties. Right. And I've sort of said like, Hey, why are you not interested in what I actually spoke to someone? I said, why are you and your friends not interested in investing in, in property? And he said to me a couple of things. Well, he said all properties cost, properties cost a million dollars. That's the general perception. Properties cost a million dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. And the the implication of that is also that most young people, actually more so than ever before, like if you go back to when my parent, my dad was young, the vision was get a job and get a job for life, right? That was yeah. the goal. Younger people these days are like, get a job for life? <laughs> Screw that. Like, yeah. I want to get a job for the minimum amount of time possible. Like, life is not about having a job for life. And so there's this really interesting dichotomy where younger people are more self-aware to understand that they don't want to have to work forever. However, the vehicles that are available to them, generally speaking, the low cost, uh, easy access, low cost ones are also more high risk, things like crypto and shares. Yeah. And so you've got this dichotomy where the accessibility of uh, financial assets has increased, but only in the higher like risk on type assets. And the perception is that you can't, that like, like property, whilst it may be a better vehicle, is actually not going to be attainable anymore. Do you think that that's a, do you think that's a fair kind of mindset to say that a lot of people have uh, at the moment? Yeah, I'd, I would definitely say so. A lot of my friends have that mindset, but like for me, the reason why I kind of didn't get into that stuff was just, I don't know, I guess I'm not that, uh, not that much of a risk taker in that sense. But I think the main, the main thing that held me yes. back was just... I just don't fully understand the whole crypto thing. 
Like I don't have enough knowledge to fully bet on mm. myself and my decisions as, as well as I know that like, just when I think about it, like property, it just makes sense that property, well, property is never, a house is never going to be worth zero dollars firstly. And as the mm. population gets bigger, like, you know, having a better like location for your house is only going to get better. There's no way house prices are going to go lower, if anything, mm. compared to stocks and crypto. Which, well, I, again, I don't have a, a great understanding of those two subjects, but uh, to my little understanding that I have, that's that's the way I feel. Well, it's very true, right? It's yeah. very true. It's like, yeah, I mean, sure, you can make a billion, build a billion dollar company or whatever, or invest in a billion dollar company that comes, but they can always go to zero. You just yeah. look at FTX recently, you know, the kind of like, that's has that was a multi-billion dollar enterprise, which just went from you know, from billions to zero, like literally in like 20, 24 hours. Right. Yeah. And so that's the kind of risk volatility, uh, kind of thing that you've got to, you've got to trade off. You said something interesting there. You don't understand crypto. You don't understand shares. So you didn't invest in them, but how, how much do you understand property? Like how, like, because they're obviously, so, you know, I'm cutting, cutting through to a kind of point there is yeah. obviously you still went and sought help to invest. And so, at what point was it like you were like, okay, I know enough. I know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to execute well. Or can you kind of talk me through that process? Because a lot of people kind of kind of get some degree of knowledge and they're like, oh, property is good. And then they just go buy any property. So they might've gone, okay, not crypto, not shares. I'm going to go buy real estate. Yeah. But what was the bridge where you said, I know this is for me and I know enough to know that it's for me, but I don't know enough to make sure that I can get it correct. Or talk me through that process there. So I think- the best way I can explain that for me was like, I was pretty ignorant, like with what you were saying before with how, you know, if you buy a house, it's a million dollars that you're going to commit. That's kind of the mindset that I had that I need to save as much as I can. But, uh, in the last year or so, I know Jason, he's been on the podcast before and I've had conversations with him about, you know, kind of a lot of my property knowledge of late has come directly through him. And he kind of taught me that mm-hmm. it's okay to uh, to buy a house outside of your state, and that that was a huge problem for me because it's like buying something that you know I'm never gonna, I haven't visited, I haven't had a look at, or it's just like a very scary thing for me. But um, yeah, having a lot of talks with him, he kind of like made me realize that it's it's a worthy uh, investment opportunity. But, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty interesting. Okay, cool. So. And you recently bought your first investment property. Yes, that's right. I uh, bought it in. Talk to we, us about that. Yeah. Well, well, so I had a I had a couple of game plans, right? So I think um, how this all really started was uh, in June. I kind of like I had a pretty serious relationship going, and that all fell through, which is fine. Uh, but the game plan for that was to buy a house next year. So I had a lot of a lot of capital yeah. just building up in my bank, and then. All the inflation troubles, it just made me like, oh gosh, I really need to start throwing this money into something. And I knew property was probably mm. the most like, you know, most likely way for me to go. Um, so I ended up talking to Jason and he was telling me about Dashdot. So I had a look through you guys and um, we had a look through a couple of properties. I think we, we looked at a fair few, but the one that was the best that I saw was the one in WA, um, and that house, I think it was like two months of searching and we ended up settling and then, yeah, settlement was really nice and quick, but sorry, does that answer your question? Awesome. Uh, kind of like, 
ramble yeah, on a little bit. Yeah, it's just fine. I've got to dig yeah. into it a lot more. Don't you worry. So <laughs> you said that you saw a lot of properties and you thought that that one in WA was the best. Why did you think that that was the best? Like, what, how did you come to that? Like, I'm surprised that you saw a lot of properties. Usually we try and get a hole in one. Usually yeah. you try and, you know, try and steer. But oh, when I cool, say, yeah. all good. But what made you go, yep, that's the property for me? Like, how did you... How did you form that decision to go, yeah, I feel confident this is a good choice? Yeah, I think I kind of misspoke when I said a lot. It was it was actually, I think it was three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay, um, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the one, the first one we saw, actually, I think it was only two, mate. I, yeah, it was only two. So, the first one we saw was in uh, New South Wales. And just, I think it was just mainly the location that I kind of was like thinking, would I yeah. would I want to live there, in a sense? Uh, the one in. Do you remember uh, where it was? I don't mind if we t- I don't mind if we talk about locations on here. It's really interesting. Where was the one in New South Wales you didn't like? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't remember the name no. of the suburb. No, that's okay. It's all good. It's all uh, good. But it was like it was kind of. Yeah, I just can't remember. But it was a bit away. It was a bit further out. Uh, but the one in WA. Uh, yes. The reason why I thought that one was such a nice place was, like in my mind such a perfect holiday house like it's so it's like i think it was like five ten minutes away uh drive to the beach it was like 500 meters to a station other way 500 meters is like the largest shopping center there so it's like just location wise it just looks like a really spot on place to like live so i just don't think uh i just thought like there's definitely value in this location in this house for sure and the house was like it, it was in good condition yep. Uh, I haven't had to do any maintenance or anything like that on it, so it was kind of just get it, and it's just been moving ever since. I've just um, I've just looked up the uh, the house. It's an absolute cracker, and it's in a great spot, by the way. You bought that property about four months ago. It's settled. That's yep. about correct. Yeah, yeah. And so, right in the, in the media lately, there's been a lot of talk about property markets crashing and and all of that kind of stuff. How has your experience been with property markets crashing? Because I don't think your property's done exactly that. Uh, my property's done actually pretty damn well, which is nice. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know what else to say. Like, everything, like, as for expectations for myself, I kind of kept everything quite conservative. And that's the way I kind of like yeah. to do things. And, you know, kind of, if you see something do better, then it's just, it's just perfect. You know, kind of lowball yourself as much as you yeah. can. But, yeah, like, with the interest rates and everything, everything's kind of held same. Like, I haven't had to worry or even notice too much on it because lucky like the other benefit for me buying there was that i didn't have to borrow as much so the whole interest rate changes haven't really affected hit me too hard whereas if i bought like yeah like i said if i bought next year it would have been like you know 1.3 million dollar house or something like that i was probably thinking of that would have it would have been a hard time that would, have, that would have hurt a fair yeah. bit. Okay, let's talk about the property a little bit because you bought the property for um, about $330,000. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. $330,000. The details I got here is a $330,000 house with a 6.6% yield. Yeah. You settled about four months ago and it's grown by 13% in four months, which has given you a 61.7% return on invested capital in, in four months. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's crazy. What, is your, what do your friends and family think about that? <laughs> Do they know about it? That's another question. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I got a lot of flack from my my family about it because my family are quite. My dad's definitely quite old school, so uh, quite traditional. So he yeah. was he was not about it. He was not happy I was doing it. He was not on board. 
He did not Why? like Why? Just a, like the investing in property in general or investing in WA or uh, like what investing was the, outside what was the he, state was, was a huge issue that he kept raising on me uh, and just not knowing, yeah. not knowing the place, not knowing the area. And uh, if something goes wrong, what's going to happen? I'm not going to fly out there. Stuff like that was his main concern. Um, but yeah, he's just, yeah. he's just conservative. He's just a conservative guy that I can't, can't blame him for that. Cool. No, no dramas. Tell me about, how did you think about your loan structuring, right? Did you, did you just like, did, I don't know what your loan structure was, but I'm very interested to understand how you thought about it. Did you think about going 70, uh, sorry, 80% or 90% LVR? What, did you talk to me about that process? Because the finance piece is a, is a really interesting part of the whole purchasing process. Did you have any conscious decision making around that at the time? Or did you just go, I don't know, give me some money and I'll take whatever you give me, sit for me. Uh, it was pretty much the latter, mate. It was pretty like, I, my, <laughs> my mindset, I, like my mindset at the time was that I just wanted to get this going and get something moving on my behalf. Yep. Cause like I said, I, I had a lot of money just sitting in the bank and I really didn't want it. I hated it. <laughs> I hated seeing it there and I really just wanted it gone and doing something and working in the background for me rather than, you know, just getting eaten up by inflation. Mm, nice. And your friends... Have you spoken to your friends about it? Because you mentioned like you've got friends who are like into crypto and shares and stuff like that. Have you spoken to them about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they were and what, kind of- Has it shaped their thinking at all? Because like you've made a 61.7% return on your invested capital in four months on yeah. a stable asset, right? Yeah. So it's not like buying a, it's not like buying a, a meme coin or something like that. It's gone yeah. up and it's potentially going to go. So- that piece, if they're thinking about kind of like return and ROI, like surely that must be an interesting part of the conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I haven't told them how well the property's done so far yet, uh, but it will, <laughs> next I'll see, we'll bring it up. But um, <laughs> like when I was doing it initially, um, like they're, they're all pretty supportive of it, but in their, in their mindsets, they're like, you should just chuck it in this coin, chuck it in this stock, you know? It's just like, you're, you're wasting your opportunity here was a lot of what they, they spoke about. But um, yeah, like the property game, they know it's like, I don't feel like they, they all thought it was a great idea of what I was doing, but they just felt like the crypto game was going to be a better success or a quicker return. Because I think they're playing more of a short game when I'm thinking more long, long term. Yes. That's the difference between us, I think. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And so... What's your perspective? You, you mentioned that when you were in a relationship, you were thinking about buying a principal place of residence and then your relationship ended. Cool. You decided, right, what am I going to do with this cash? You've started to invest. Has your, you also mentioned that earlier on, like as you were growing up, you were thinking about buying a principal place of residence. So has that changed? Like, you, are you still, what's the goal for you? Is the goal still like, I want to buy my dream home or is it like, I want to build a big property portfolio? Talk to me a little bit about that or any kind of like mindset shifts you've had in that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, like owning principal place was always the main goal for me. And um, I think now mm. that I've come to a better understanding of how like the entry to barrier to get getting a house isn't as large as I thought it was initially. And that, that was definitely one of the big mm. things that changed in my mind. I think my goal is to get, I try to keep it quite achievable. And I think getting around 100,000 passive income is something that I want to try and achieve. Uh, I think my goals are to maybe buy like maybe six ish properties in the, in by 2030, I think is the main, main plan. And from there, it's just, 
I don't know. Uh, I really got to see how it goes. But in the main, sorry, I keep rehashing. But yeah, if I can get six properties by 2030 and just be kind of like a rent vestal and just renting out and see how it goes. And uh, every year, just got to reassess and see how I progress, really, and how well each property does. Six properties by 2030. So we're about, we're in 2023 when this episode is, is live. So that's seven years. So that's only, you've already got one. So that's only five more properties in the next seven years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's easy. You're going to walk that in. Yeah. What's the, and so you actually did a portfolio growth plan. What did that kind of, what kind of insights did that give you? So I reckon the the great thing about that, they, I think I did it with Cam and Cam was saying um, by 2029 to achieve six properties. And two of them were going to be foundation and the rest were going to be accelerated properties. So, um, like, I think the good thing about that growth plan that helped me understand was that it's, it's quite conservative. So it just gives you a good idea on what's going on, taking, like not taking into account of like salary growth or other like factors coming in to give myself a bit of a boost in buying these properties. So it's, it's definitely quite achievable and year on year as as we get closer and as we buy the next property it's just going to be able to help me nail down what a more realistic plan's going to be like as we you know as we get closer in we're going to be able to yeah. nail it yep cool i like that i kind of want to dig into a couple of other things as well so what what actually like what are you going to do like once you hit your goal because you've got a pretty achievable goal you're 27 now right and so basically within the next 10 years you're going to achieve your financial goals what are you going to do then once you've actually hit that mark, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, gosh, mate. Um, not too sure, to be honest. Really, just uh, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? Let's just imagine. Cast your mind forward, right? Yeah. Cast your mind forward. You've achieved your all your property goals. You've achieved your cash flow goals. You don't have to work anymore. You've got a stable, reliable, recurring revenue stream coming from your properties. It's not passive income because you're still going to deal with property managers yeah, and stuff, yeah. right? It's not, yeah. it's not hands-free. It's just yeah. hands-light. But you can do it from anywhere in the world. You're going to live the life that you want. What are you going to do? Uh, I'd definitely be looking into a lot more travel, that's for sure. I've been moving around a lot. Um, but it also really depends on like family circumstances as well. If I do end up finding someone, yeah. I definitely would want to start a family and have those things moving along. Um, but yeah, it'd, it'd mostly be traveling for me, family, and, you know, trying to have a kick-ass primary house if I can get it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love it. What advice would you have for somebody else who is, we'll say someone in your age group in the kind of like mid, mid twenties, we'll say, who is maybe sitting on the fence and unsure about whether they should invest in property. What advice would you have for them? Uh, so I was on the fence for a long time. Um, and I think as long as you feel like you've got good support and you need to surround yourself with good information and good people to back you up, uh, because I don't, I don't think I definitely wouldn't be in this position right now if it wasn't for like my support as well. Uh, there's no, there's no way I would be. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like as well at the same time, it's just about pulling the trigger and you just need to go for it because the longer you wait. Yeah. Like, like I said, like everyone just keeps saying that it's going to go down, it's going to crash, it's not going to happen. But if you just keep going off what they say, you know, you, you're never going to be, yeah. you're never going to get in because it's never going to be a right time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Did you have any fear or doubt that you needed to overcome, like either to get started or through the process? Like, was there any kind of like big wall that you just had to try and climb over? 
Because I feel like there's a there, there's a bit of that at the start where you're like, is this even going to be a good idea? What if I blow all my cash? What if it does crash? What if what if I buy the wrong property? What what if? Did you kind of have to consciously deal with any of that kind of stuff, or were you just I think you're just cruising? You're like, nah, go in this direction. Like the hard the hard parts for me was was really just getting the understanding on how this all works out. Like buying buying your first house because I've obviously never done it before, and I don't really know what what the understanding is, mm-hmm. how everything's going to work with your loans and with your offset. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew these things, I knew them all, but like actually doing it and getting it set up is, was all quite daunting. And it was just a little bit of, just a fear. But like I said, like sometimes you just got to pull the trigger and just see what happens and just get it moving and just stay on top of things. And then if you're not sure, you just got to reach out to someone because, you know, you won't have all the answers some of your support might will have other answers, but you just got to keep looking out and just read up and and learn because you're just going to learn as you go. Nice. Nice. I love it. Cool, man. Well, I really enjoyed this episode. I think there's a lot of lessons in there, to be honest. I think like, you know, the fact that you have done this and you've got such great returns is awesome. And you seem like you've got a really clear picture of what you're doing, particularly now you've got a, a portfolio growth plan that's kind of lighting the path for you. So, man, I'm I'm super stoked to have you on. Awesome. Well, man, I've really, I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed this. It's been a really good chat. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story as well. And I think that there's a lot of lessons in there about how to think about risk and timing, how to take, how to can, how to actually just take action, and what can actually be achieved when you do do that. And I'm really excited to see you scale your property portfolio over the next few years. And I'm really excited to help you with that. So thanks for coming on the show. Nah, thanks for having me, mate. Really appreciate it.